Welcome, Sacramento soccer fans, to your State of the Republic podcast. I'm your host, Luis, and today I am joined by our very own podcast mom who was at the game yesterday against Monterey Bay. Welcome to the show, Sharon. How's it going? Hey, it's going really good. Thank you. How are you? It's it's going good. Um, I've had a lot going on today, but I'm back home and really excited to talk about yesterday's match, which brought us our third consecutive win and or I should say third consecutive home win, which is really amazing and uh, super happy about that. And yesterday was a good day. Most of my teams won. So I want yeah. more Saturdays like that. <laughs> I, I, I saw your social media. I know you were a happy boy. Um, you know, it's interesting not to digress a little bit, but in reading a lot of the social media posts today and waking up to some kind of tragic news that happened in Sacramento, um, you know, I thought that a lot of a lot of the people affiliated with the club and people whom I follow on social media, especially Coach Briggs, they posted, you know, pray for Sacramento or keep Sacramento in your in your hearts um, because of the the tragedies. And, you know, you go to bed with a win thinking, you know, this is a wonderful thing. And for everybody that was, you know, that loves the sport and loves our team to wake up today and just kind of have a pall cast over, you know, that, that feeling of having a wonderful day. And then it's, it's like a little bit of whiplash. So I know Jared is feeling incredibly, um, Jared's not going to be recording with us uh, today. He's, you know, he's in Phoenix and he has to get up early for work tomorrow, but I know this, the tragedy in Sacramento, the shootings, um, the the murders uh, really affected him deeply. And so I just, you know, want to give him a shout out. Sacramento, he just loves the town. And, you know, when things, tragedies like this strike, it it hurts him as well, too. Yeah, I mean, it really hurts uh, all of us, too, as well. Right. And, you know, I woke up to that news as well uh, on through the Fox 40 app and and their notifications. And uh, I was really shocked because just uh, Two months ago, I, I was around that area around maybe not around two in the morning, but around midnight. So you know, just <laughs> thinking about yeah. walking through those streets and that happening is is really shocking. So uh, our hearts go out to you know the families, and Absolutely. you know it's yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's really sad. So we should you know we we always do a segment right now, and you know we call it the Golazos of Gratitude. And I know that I wanted to thank some people. For from last night's match, you know, and some of the friends that I've made and, and I could run down a list of incredible people that were wonderful last night, but I think I want to give a shout out of Galazzo of gratitude to the first responders. Um, instead, the, you know, the people that were involved in helping save some of the victims and running into harm's way when the situation occurred, because they had no idea what else was going to happen mm. at that point in time. So, you know, at this, at this point, I just got to share, share the galazos of gratitude. And if anybody else, you know, if you ran into me yesterday and give you a hug, or I was excited to see you, you would have been mentioned, but you know, just galazos of gratitude to the first responders. Yeah. I, I'd say the same thing too. Right. I mean, all the first responders they they're there 24 hours a day. And, you know, we, we know this uh, tragedy happened at two in the morning and, just knowing that there's people out there, you know, helping make sure that we take care of anyone who's in harm, especially at that time, right? Because we know a lot of crazy things happen uh, usually around those times. It's it's good to know that there's people that, you know, uh, enjoy their profession and are willing to work those late hours. So Yeah. And, you know, ironically, Luis, last night at Heart Health Park, 
it was first responders night. So, you know, they, they honored all the first responders, you know, from the national anthem singer um, to, they had a, a lot of the vehicles in the, in the, in the breezeway with lights going. And it was just, it was a terrific evening last night, a lot of warmth, a lot of feel good opportunities and, you know, just very warm last night with respect to honoring our first responders. Yeah. I, I heard about that as well. And yeah, you know, I, I think, yeah, I'm glad that the team has those um, events for them. Right. And I think every season they have a first responders night and, and I'm glad that they um, give them that recognition that they really and deserve. Was, you know. And so coincidental that it was last night that we honored them and then they turned right around and had to put their, their work. I mean, <laughs> they had to ply their trade in such a tragic situation, you know? Yeah. Anyhow. Well, we did have a great game. Uh, well, I should say a little chippy. Uh, you know, when you when you win a game and it's 2-1 and, you know, when, when we're in the background, the three of us chatting back and forth about score lines and for a minute I thought Jared had won the contest and then for another minute I, you know, it was like when Dougie got subbed off, Luis, you and I were like, oh my goodness, we can't even get a point for him being the first goal scorer, you know, because it was 0-0 at the half. And and there was some hope that, you know, we would at least claim a point. Um, and then not even Jared got the point because Monterey scored late. So let's break it down. Let's start talking a little bit about tonight's uh, last night's game. Yeah, when, when they scored late, I was like, oh, darn it. Someone was going to get a point, right? Because none of us had a point up until that. <laughs> that point early and it, it was just a big shame that like they had to score in that last minute and oh, it could have been a clean sheet for Danny V and that would have been really great as it is I think for any goalkeeper right when you get a clean sheet and boosts your confidence and all it that sure and, yeah, yeah it's uh... but you know what Danny V did a great job and and even Roro and Mark Briggs were talking about um Roro especially was talking about in the pre- post-game press conference and I know you're going to play this um, you know, so people can hear the the clips and I think you'll probably play it right after I say it um, is Rower mentioned that they need to do a, a better job protecting their goalkeeper, you know, and, and so that things don't end up going in front of in front of the goal and putting any goalkeeper in, you know, just a horrible position. And he was he was a little down on himself and down on not down, but, you know, kind of like, ah, I wish we could have done better to do a better job in keeping the balls away from the face of the goal, because that the way that the goal was scored, there was nothing anybody could do. I don't care how good you are. Um, the way, the way that that ball came across at the, at the last goal. And I know we want to talk about our goals, but I will say, you know, high praises to Danny V for the whole game. You know, he saved our bacon a bunch and he did a great job. He was always there for the back pass. Um, it was, he, he was positioning, was spot on for the, you know, the, the back passes when the guys needed him, uh, you know, as an outlet, it was, it was good. And he was always there. And there, I don't know, Luis, when you were watching the game, did you see how our resets happened when we couldn't break through, we couldn't break through the way that they had clumped the Monterey Bay had clumped their defense and we couldn't break through. So we would pass it all the way back to Danny V, you know, it was, and it was very fluid. It, it worked out really well. I think, I think that part did well. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm one of those that if you can't get a good pass, 
then you should pass it to your goalkeeper, right? If that's the best alternative. Yeah. Uh, because we, we've seen other times where players decide just to give a long pass. It's not really headed towards anyone or there's a marked man and they're still trying to pass it to them when the best option could have just been, hey, just pass it back to your goalkeeper and, you know, let's Reset. try to figure yeah. out what's next, right? And so yeah. I'm glad they're doing that a little bit more because, uh, you know, you, you have to make sure that you don't lose the ball um, with one of those plays because anything can happen. It could be a counterattack. Before you know it, we're losing. And, you know, that, that could mean a game lost. So critical yeah. things from simple plays there. Um, Danny V definitely had a better game than he did in the last one. Um, I did notice improvements and, you know, I know the last game, you know, yeah, we, we gave our feedback on him and true. It, it was his first game. I understand that completely as well. Um, so I think it'll be different as you know, the games go on, if he gets to have more games uh, in, in the nets, but for the meantime, I mean, he's doing good. We've gotten yeah. wins and well, you should, it's good. I was there and he was barking orders. He was doing all the things he's supposed to do. It was, it was really cool. And I could hear him this time, you know, I kind of floated and I went to different parts of the stadium um, to see the different parts of the game, not just him. Um, but I was very impressed with his commands, you know, and his uh, reminders and, um, you know, and just letting the guys know that he was available for the passing. So, you know, I, I, I was, I was, I see now, <laughs> um, very good, but let's talk about our goals, Luis. Let's talk about the two goals that we scored on PKs. What the heck? <laughs> right. It's, it's like, uh, suddenly we were getting PKs now. Um, not something that would happen as much in past seasons, but in this game, you know, we get two PKs and very well called out on. I have to say, this is one of those few games where I don't really have complaints against the referee. I mean, the referee did, did his job. Yeah. He, he called the plays that there really was no play that, you know, was a little doubtful. And those two penalty kicks, I mean, clear calls, right? And I'm glad right. that. That they had good visual because sometimes we've had some that haven't been called on and even just in recent games as well. Um, but in the first PK, I mean, Duke is just right there getting our PK for us. And last week it was his goal. This week he earns the penalty for us. And I mean, that Monterey player really wanted to like walk holding hands for a while <laughs> in that PK <laughs> player, right? I mean, he's holding him <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, has, I know he was the man of the match Duke's, last week, but yeah, he had it under his arm. <laughs> yeah. But you know, he, he gives us a PK there. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I've, I find it kind of funny that some of the PKs we've gotten this season, you know, in these first couple of games have been really funny. I mean, other seasons, you know, we, we well, didn't play yeah. against teams like that, that just gave exactly. PKs and that like sense. <laughs> The first weirdest PK was when Evan Newton literally tackled <laughs> Roro. That was like the most bizarre earning of a PK that I've ever seen. And then when Duke gets this one, it's, you know, it feels really similar. It's like you're in the box. The dude's got his arm around <laughs> poor Duke, you know, but there was nothing he could do. He had to go down. He was so off balance and so off kilter. So. Oh. Yeah, I, I was, again, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm laughing at the fact that I, I couldn't believe that the defender just <laughs> grabbed his hand like that. It's like automatic PK call, but all right, you know, we'll we'll take a couple of those in each game. 
There's yeah. more defenders uh, against us like that, uh, that give away those PKs. And of course, who better than our very own Roro to take that PK and make sure that, you know, he gets his second goal of the season and another one through PK, another first goal in a home game and the crowd goes wild. I know I, I was celebrating <laughs> as I was watching it on my phone at my grandpa's house and it, it was it was awesome. I mean, anytime we see Roro score, it just gives you flashbacks to those amazing moments in 2014 and I want to see more of those goals and he, he's, he's on it uh, with this one too. But I want to talk also about the second PK that we get. I mean, we laughed at the first one, right? We we also said, wow, Evan just kind of came out out of nowhere and just like tackled Roro, right? But how about this PK, the second PK that we get? It's another similar situation. The Monterey defender also basically just like <laughs> knocks like Luther out um, and... I don't know how he thought that was a legal challenge because <laughs> Luther just goes out flying. And right away when I saw it, I was like, referee better call PK on this one because it's it's clear as day. Like <laughs> this one was totally intense. This this particular foul was incredibly intense. And you know, it's just like totally <laughs> knocking him off the ball so that the goalie, so that the keeper could have a chance at a save, which is just that's just tragic. But at the end of the day, whether he gets knocked off a ball and earns a PK or um, doesn't get knocked off the ball and scores a goal. Either way, there was, you know, there was a goal ready to be had. Yeah, uh, we, we were having opportunities. It was just a matter of time for them to actually happen. And with that, you know, we, we get a penalty kick and. You know, what we'll be listening here shortly when we play the press conference uh, with some of Roro's reactions. But I mean, it it was a really great gesture by Roro to let him, um, you know, kick the penalty kick uh, and allow Luther to score. And again, you know, we're going to hear the press conference right now and you'll you'll hear what happened. But, you know, just a, a really great thing for him to allow him to get the PK, which he ultimately converts and Luther scores his first official Republic goal. And a really well taken care of PK, uh, really well shot. And that put us up 2-0. And for the time being, right up until the 89th minute, Jared was getting himself a point. And we were getting a 2-0 win. But unfortunately, they were able to score one. Luckily, it was just one. And it, it, it was just one of those things that, oh, man, it's it was rough. It just rough. Yeah, it just skittered across the face of the goal. I mean, you know, as as Vero, you'll hear in a second, mentioned, you know, they they really need to protect, you know, they need to protect the goalkeeper a little bit more. And what's funny is earlier <laughs> in the season, I was mentioning that in, in typical play, you'll have field players coming back when a you know, when a goalkeeper, when they when a field player knows that the goalkeeper is going to be making a move or making a save or, you know, putting in being put into action, activated that the, the players need to do a good job to follow, follow the shot. Anyhow, even if it's not our shot, they need to follow the shot so that if there is a knockdown rebound, they are protecting the keeper, you know, at all Mm -hmm. costs. You've, you've everybody it's, there's 11 guys on the field. And so there's gotta be more protection of the goalkeeper. And we're going to hear Roro talk to Tad about that. So very good on that. But backing up a little bit, 
there were some high points, you know, besides getting scored against. Um, we still won, and that's three points is all we care about. Jack Gurr was taking these wonderful, incredible shots from distance, you know, and mm. not even waiting. <laughs> that guy is so good at a, a no-touch, one-touch uh, just get that ball right back at the net. And he was doing daisy cutters. And I mean, he was just on fire. And for a minute there, I was wondering, did Jared pick Jack Gerr to score? No, he didn't pick Jack. But at uh, the end of the day, or did he? He, did he picked pick the Jack boss. Gerr? Oh, he picked Nick Ross, the boss, who yeah. had also an excellent game, if we break it down. Um, and Luis Felipe, he was given a different little bit of an assignment. He was playing a little higher than he normally plays on the field. We were looking for him all game long. There was a there were some points during the game where um, he was interrupting play by being in a, in the right position, so they weren't passing it down the gut of us. They were keeping the ball to the outside just because you know there's Luis Felipe. You don't want to get it anywhere near him if you're the opponent because he'll restart. Uh, uh, you know he will start the play, but he was playing up higher, and that kind of threw us a little bit because we were looking for him more in the deep uh, defensive back more or defensive midfielder position more, but Matt was picking that up more. So than Luis, so that was a, a change for us to see that subtle shift, you know, that little bit of subtle, a subtle difference, but it made a difference, so to speak. We, um, we tried our hardest to stretch the guys, uh, stretch the, opponent to stretch their defense because they kind of played a really defensive game it was really hard to get in behind them and to get through them it was hard Mm. to penetrate Monterey so I think they knew how we played and they kind of they had our tune so we figured let's just draw the fouls in the box and it came true we got our PKs so yeah and that power of Jack to actually get a long-range shot was in full display in the uh, 62nd minute. If you guys go back and look yes. at the highlights, like he had a really amazing shot, right? He just amazing. grabbed it and hits the post. And I was like, oh, that could have that could have been goal of the week right there. You realize we all thought it had gone in initially because we couldn't <laughs> see after it dribbled back across the face of the goal. But again, I say knockdowns, rebounds. I don't know that anybody followed the shot. You know, anybody who was close. Nobody followed the shot. We were just kind of watching as it did its thing. Had we followed the shot, could have been a different scoreline, like maybe perhaps 3-1, you know, whatever. Yeah, you're right as I see it. Like they, I mean, sure the ball went out, right? But you never know, right? It could always just stay yeah. around the line. You go and you might even get a PK, right? Yeah. Goalkeeper is trying to like rush out to clear it out and you get kicked and there you go. You got a PK. So there you go. Yeah, it's a shame they didn't do that. But like you said, they definitely need to start doing more of that, right? Whenever, especially because this season, we actually have players who aren't afraid to take that long distance shot. Last season, it was like a lot of them were afraid. If you remember, right, it was a lot of just passing and no one really wanted to take a shot. And I was always like, take a shot, please just, (laughs) just try it. You never know, it might work out. And we only had, I think, like two players, one of them being Luis Felipe, who actually even dared to take a, a shot from outside the box. <laughs> yeah. And Duke, Duke, Duke also was one of those guys that would shoot a little bit from outside the box, but you're right. And it was funny. It was mm. almost like they were all too nice to each other. No, you take <laughs> the ball. No, you take the ball. So, you know, yeah, Luis, Luis is hungry. He comes to the games very hungry for every match. You can tell 
you know, he's in, he's intense. He wants, he wants, he wants to score. He's, you know, or he wants to do something to make a, a difference for us. So let's see. Um, I thought Matt Lagrassa for the most part, I thought uh, I, I appreciated his style of play. I think I only saw him make, I want to say only one mistake where we were having this great buildup. We had literally regained possession through a chippy little sequence. And the next thing we know is uh, Matt had done a, a back and forth pass with someone. And then he mm. was getting ready to make an entry pass, you know, a slotting, a slotting a ball through crease and seam. And we all saw it and the buildup was great. And we're all like, Oh my God, he's going to spring. I think it was Dougie. He was going to spring him free. Mm. And the next thing we noticed, it was like, Oh no, he passed it. Right. And we <laughs> thought we were going to have a bad counter, you know, cause they, he literally, made it so that they were outnumbered in the um in the counter but we recovered it like almost immediately i think jacker had to make a slashing run across back to the defense if i remember right but n- nothing no harm no harm came of that but i thought the guys for the most part did the build up okay i think they did a good job i thought i thought lee and dan casey did a really good job of communicating in the back um you know, and I, I think they they were in very good supportive roles on either side to support the outside wingbacks whenever they made a trek up. There was always an outlet pass available. And there were times where the counter would start, you know, your focus is going to be on our attacking third. And all of a sudden you see a change and maybe a, a little bit of a counter and you think, oh, my gosh, we don't have anybody. Oh, no, we have people back there. It's like, how did they do this? So they're really getting good. Um, as far as, you know, kind of reading each other and communicating. So it was a very, uh, it was a very good match to watch for that aspect. Now that you mentioned Lee Desmond, I, I have to say it, right? Because I wasn't, I wasn't too big of a fan of his in the last two games, if you recall, or I should say the last three games and this game solid. Lee did a good job. There was one play where if he hadn't been in the spot he was in, we would have gotten yep. scored on. I don't yep. know if you recall that play. Like he, yes. he was there and I was like, oh, thank you, Lee, because yeah. you just saved us from getting yeah. scored on and, you know, game would have been a lot different then. But right. uh, no. I, he, he had a much better game and it, it's really great to see that. And uh, Keiko, I was also really impressed oh with him God. as well. And Ems, oh. again, starting as well, I think is uh, is really good. Uh, I think he's he's still adapting, right? I mean, there's still things to improve, right? But I, I enjoy seeing him out on on the wings as well and you know giving us a different different thing he's got such a good hip swivel and he's got a good chop you Mm -hmm. know he he does a um he does a change of direction and it's very uh subtle but it's literally just a chop he does a chop and he loses you know he he loses his defender really easily on the chop because they don't know when it's coming they know it's coming they just don't know when so um you know i really (laughs) I really do appreciate his style of play. So pretty much there were a couple of subs at the end. We know that Mario had an ankle injury. We know that Mm. um, Malik Foster is still out with the knee. And then I'm trying to think of of the subs that we made late. I think Zico came in and let's see, Luther's of course sub for Dougie because Dougie had a little bit of a groin thing going on, which is fine. I mean, the dude runs... So nuts. I mean, I'm amazed that he, you know, can do what he does. Um, Emil Cuello came in and he could tell he was just happy, just happy to play. You know, he's that guy. He plays happy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, regardless of whether he's a starter or a bench player, which I think any player should be like that. I understand, uh, you know, some players just want to be in that starter role. They want to get more minutes. But I think when you work together as a team and when you have a good team that's gelled well together, right, and that, you know, they kind of have admiration for each other of sorts, right? Yes. You have players that don't mind to be in the bench. They're like, hey, I understand. You know, this is yeah. what's best for the team to start there. I'll get my chance when I come, you know, from the bench. But, hey, completely understand. Coach has his strategy against this team, and he's trying to figure out, like, who's going to work out best from a starter yeah. role point. So I, I like that. I don't like when I yeah. see players, like, you know, uh, come in from the bench and they're not in a good mood or they get subbed out and they get really angry, right? And, you know, hopefully that never happens, right? I know we've been on a good, you know, winning uh, streak now, but uh, I hope we, we don't ever see that because if you don't yeah. see that and if you have a good, strong team like that, uh, lots of great they things support, can happen. They, so. Yeah, they support when a team that ce- celebrates each other and supports each other, you know, at, it's it's way better. It's way better. So let's look at a couple of the cautions. Who who did we have with respect to yellows? How did how did that work out? I know we had a couple. So um, we had Keiko and La Grasa, who's my vote for most yellow. So I was like, oh, there we go. When, when he got the yellow, I was like, there you go. There goes one. Yeah, that's so uh, funny. It's a it's a contest you don't want to win. As um, I mean, like we like winning the contest, but as a player, you don't want you don't want to help us win our contest for y'all. Yeah, cards. not this one at least. Yeah, help us win the score, not this one. Yeah, yeah, we want the scoring stuff, but not this one. Yeah, and Keckles, I thought was a very soft yellow. I don't think that one. Um, I thought that was a little bit of a soft a soft yellow, mm-hmm. especially. You know, his reaction to it was like, wait, <laughs> no, what? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think Matt, the when he got his yellow, he had to do what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it was, it was a breakaway situation or it could have been. So I, I, you know, I'm glad he did that foul. My sis and I were both looking at each other and it's like, oh, yeah, he had to he had to make that foul. That was a that was a that was a professional foul so yeah yeah in, in spanish the tra- the translation is they call them the tactical fouls right that you exactly. gotta do tactical. the yellow that's yeah. it's it's just it's worth it right and you can't can yep. never get angry in fact you almost applaud the player for <laughs> for doing that and making sure that we we didn't have uh any yeah, like, dangerous pretty- situation there yeah so. exactly exactly but overall good though i mean two yellow cards in a game not too bad not I too think. bad yeah Especially when uh, our rival got three yellow cards, by the way, just to point that <laughs> out. <laughs> uh, they actually they beat us on that, but it's it's good. We want to get beaten on that in every game. <laughs> Interestingly enough, the referees that uh, the the officials that were part of the match yesterday, I don't honestly, I honestly don't remember ever seeing these guys, these four guys that were the offic- uh, officiating crew. I'd have to look mm-hmm. back and see the names, you know, of the prior officiating crews. But these guys look fresh and wasn't even didn't even I didn't register and they did a really good job keeping up on the um the ARs the assistant referees keeping mm-hmm. up on the uh, last defender they did a, a much better job of calling the offsides and mm-hmm. letting some of the play that wasn't offsides I mean they, they were letting things be how they needed to be so it was it was it was pretty cool it was a, a well-officiated game we'll put it that way that's good because we 
it's very rare that we say that. So I know. I'm glad to see that there's an improvement. Somebody's and... going to disagree with us. There's somebody out there that's going <laughs> to disagree with us. Oh, and by the way, Ryan Strange, I bumped into him yesterday. Um, he was a fan of the match. So it was, you know, Ryan, if you're listening to this, it was great seeing you live and in person. Um, I hope you enjoyed the game. I hope you're enjoying our podcast tonight. Um, I hope everybody's enjoying our podcast. Well, whatever time you listen to it, we're recording at night. <laughs> I always love watching people get special treatment. It's quite cool. So, yeah. Crash, yeah. Kick, uh, uh, Crash was at the match last night, too, with all of his friends. So that was really nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Crash. Yeah. That's, that's yep. awesome. Yep. It was pretty cool. Well, let's go ahead and, and play some of that press conference uh, that you were able to attend as well. Again, thank you for representing us there uh, for the Woo-hoo! second time this season. Um, let, let's listen to a little bit of it and then we'll give uh, some short comments on, on what was said. So let's hear from uh, Coach Briggs, Luis Felipe and Roro and we'll be back. Yeah, it was a it was a win, right? It was I thought we came out the gates and we, we started with intensity and we started the game on the front foot, which was what we were asking for. So that was pleasing. Uh, created a little bit of momentum, got the crowd going. Um, and then I thought we spluttered a little bit in the first half. Uh, second half, we came out again and started really well. Uh, managed to, managed to uh, Douglas tweaked his groin a little bit. So we had to make a change and brought Lufer in. And I thought Lufer, uh, Lufer added a little bit of uh, momentum. Uh, his intensity in closing down when we don't have the ball, his movement when we had the ball. Uh, I thought he came in and he affected the game really well for us. Danny was just a goalkeeper that we had interest in and uh, we knew he was a free agent and we spoke to him and wanted to bring him in, right? So uh, we're fortunate in we have Danny Vitiello and we have Carlos who are both two high-level goalkeepers and they're competing. Um, Carlos was a little bit sick which gave Danny an opportunity and now they're both competing to see who's going to be the number one long term. When a team parks the bus the way Monterey kind of did, how uh, how are you going to work with the guys to concentrate on breaking that down in the future? Yeah, I think I think tonight we broke them down, but I was I said to the guys at halftime like you have to once you get in behind teams you have to you have to have the desire the hunger to make that run get across the near post get across your defender whatever it may be it doesn't have to be perfect it just has to hit the back of the net so I thought from a movement of the ball standpoint a possession standpoint we moved the ball quite well we got into those good areas but that final ball that final bit of movement that final was missing um, but I'm really pleased with the guys because they, they were positive. They, they kept moving the ball how we want to play and they kept stretching them, which was good. So credit where credit's due. And at the end of the day, it's three points and that's what we, that's what we play for, right? And you answered my second question about concentration. You oh, perfect. There you go. <laughs> it's a good night. It was good. At the end of the day, um, the three points is what matters, uh, especially right now, beginning of the season. Um, I think we're growing as a team um, and we keep improving week after week. Um, we're getting better, and the three points is what matters. We've shown um, the fight, this, that's the spirit that we, we have to um, show every game throughout the season, and, and yeah, the three points is what matters at the end of the day, and as long as we keep grinding and getting the, those results, especially at home, I think we're going to get pretty far um, this season. It's always great to win no matter how. Uh, we're, we're definitely happy we got the three points, but I could tell in, in the guys' faces that that we knew we could do better. Um, but again, I, I don't, 
you know, there's always two teams on the field, and, and Monterey is a very defensive team. They sat back, and they made it hard for us. So, you know, sometimes it's not going to be as pretty as we want, but we got to take the three points, and we got to be, you know, a little bit more positive about it. And, uh, and yeah, I think the guys really fall hard. Um, you know, they have a lot of heart. I give it to them. Every single one of the guys on the team. The subs came in and did a phenomenal job. Luther deserved a PK. I, I was ready to take it, but, you know, he really wanted it. And he, he really worked hard that second half coming in for Dougley. So I, I felt like he, he needed to take it. You seem to be the team mentor this year. <laughs> and by allowing others to take these shots, how does that feel to become the mentor? No, I just want everyone to have their shot. You know, I mean... I, I, I could have been, you know, a little selfish in, in taking the PK, but I think that Luther, like I said, worked, <laughs> I think Luther worked really hard, and, and you know, he, he told me his grandfather passed a couple months ago, and it was his birthday today, so I felt like he needed a score, and, you know, he had tears in his eyes after the PK, so I was very happy to see him, you know, tear up and, and get that winning goal for us. All right, and we are back. So lots of interesting things said, right, Sharon? A, a lot of questions answered that I had myself <laughs> as well. I think they asked, they read my mind on on some of them there. And I know you got to ask a couple of them as well, but I want to hear your thoughts on on what was said by Coach uh, Luis Felipe and, and Roro. Okay, so the first one to speak with us last night was uh, Luis Felipe, and that was pretty awesome. Um, I don't think that he's typically always the one that, you know, you bring in to um, do the post-game press conference when he was just, you know, he was just, just, did his, he did his job. Um, but it was really nice because you could tell that he was appreciative of the way that the team played. He was very focused on the fact that we got the three points and he wants. So he really wanted us to know that the three points was the most important piece to walk away with, you know, and yes, he, he realizes that he does, you know, that the whole team is still working on things and they're still gelling, but it was nice to hear him, you know, basically turn the focus to, we got the three points and that was that. And then, um, and coach Briggs was the last one to speak. And it was interesting because when uh, Roro was the second one to speak, so it'll be interesting how, um, Anyhow, and Roro talked about the team being defensive. Uh, Monterey Bay playing a very defensive, tight, compact game it was hard to get in behind them, um, and it was hard to break them down. And you know, we needed to protect the the keeper. You heard him say that. Um, do a better job that way. And then to have Mark Briggs, and they all were like very ecstatic about the three points. They are insistent on the the three points at home. But Mark Briggs came and you know, kind of did a really good summation of his expectations for the game, his expectations for future. And that is tightening things up in the last few touches, you know, the, the last movement to the ball, making sure that the, that the ball does get in the net. You know, I think it's like literally like what we've talked about is following the shot, following, you know, getting that last touch on the ball to make it harder um, to beat us because we're just going to keep scoring. Um, we're getting there. We're going to, we're going to get, we're going to get to that point. We're going to see more goals from, from this squad. I can tell, I can feel it. Cause I mean, their, they, their buildup is really solid. Their buildup is really good. So it was good. I'm glad Mark answered my questions about, you know, a little bit of uh, concentration focus sort of stuff. So uh, 
good press conference. It was a good post-game press conference. I feel confident myself going forward in whatever, whoever Mark puts on the field. I'm confident with it. Confident with Mark. Yeah. He's done a really great job. He's, uh, he's really done a lot of what he promised, uh, fans and, and even specifically me too. Right. Because as everyone knows, uh, and that last game, Cam's retirement game, I got home and he sent me a message on uh, around like one in the morning. And he was just promising me that, you know, next season, this season, we were going to see a much different team and a team that everyone would be proud to support. Right. A team that uh, people would would be really happy. Right. And, and actually seeing on the pitch a really good display that we haven't seen in a really long time. And these first couple of games, it sure looks like that's that's how we're looking like. And we have a whole different mentality that, you know, in the event that we do lose a game or two, I know this team is going to just go back. Uh, just like we saw, right? We lost against San Diego and then the team just bounced back from the loss and came back home. And I think in particular in this press conference, um, something that I thought was really interesting, right, was that he mentioned that one of the goals is to make the, this place a fortress. Right. And that's something that we've mentioned here already a couple of times. Right. I, I mentioned it on the live show. Right. I even did the math. Right. If your house is a place where you can get a lot of wins, you can get a lot of points, you can get most of your points at home. You're pretty set in terms of qualifying to the playoffs. Of course, you want to get a couple of points away as well. But if you have a really good season at home, you're pretty good. And and you're making yeah, the fans really happy as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you can really set it up, you know, as as just yeah, fortress, home, horrible place for the visitors to come play, you know, that whole thing. And what's interesting is whenever we uh whenever we hear the interviews of players that have joined us, because they interviewed Connor Donovan um last week, and and Connor Donovan was like, it's this he goes, he already knew that Sacramento was an amazing place to come play. And he says, it's, it's even better when he's here in real life with the fans for him versus against him. So, you know, they're very, these guys that have played against us that are now playing with us understand what it's like to have a fan group, a fan base like this and the feel, the feel of the fortress in a way. Yeah. And something that Luis Felipe said, right. He said, we keep fighting each game. Right. And this is a guy who's always fighting for each ball. Right. He's like putting pressure up front. He's running across the pitch. Right. And that's one thing that I really noticed about them in this game. I noticed so much pressure on the ball. What I've always been asking for. Right. Everyone run. Right. You you see him pass it back to their goalkeeper. Everyone just go run towards the goalkeeper, especially Douglas. Right. Especially the guy up front. Make sure that you go put pressure up front. You never know what can come out of that, right? But at least you make them lose a focus a little bit, right? To the point where they're just going to freak yeah. out and just pass it to just anyone, right? right. And and so, you want to have more of that. Like, so it's, it's interesting. Yeah. You you talk about pressure, direct pressure, where the player knows you're you're there, and then the perceived pressure where they think they know that you're there, or they hear you closing them down. That pressure is a real thing when you're, Luis, you and I both know we've played. Mm. And the minute we put our head down, if we sense that uh, our, our opponent is close by, and if we don't feel confident with the ball, you know, at our feet to move away from pressure, we'll pass it. And we mm -hmm. can screw up that pass <laughs> just yeah. based on perceived pressure. And it's not even real pressure. It's just like, I thought I heard him, you know, because 
you can hear somebody running when they're near you. <laughs> yeah, or and, see them right there going to. Yeah, and I just remember being coached to, yeah, breathe hard. You know, like make sounds when you're getting close to your your opponent who has the ball. You know, kind of make yourself bigger than you mm-hmm. are in a way. And these, ah, oh, I I think we nail it in many of these situations. We're we're good at putting some pressure on 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 the ball to regain possession. So I like I like what Louis said. Yeah. And also, you know, the other plays where you you anticipate a play, I really enjoy when I see that, right? We, how yes. many balls have we seen like that we get to take control of because we, we perceive a play that's coming, right? We see kind of what they're about to do. And we have a player that's already right there getting ready to stop their play as it's going on, right? And you get a yeah. sweet counterattack or yep. you just have another play, but it, or you, it's, inter- it's you interrupt the ball, you know, Matt LaGrasse is so skillful at that. He watches the ball, not the player. Right. And next mm. thing you know, he puts his foot at just this perfect angle. And the next thing you know, it he has the ball back. And I mean, that's, that's critical. I love it. So and keep going. W- one thing I want to say also about uh, Rodrigo Lopez, right. And his, uh, some of the things he said in his press conference, um, the first thing that stood out to me, right, when we were looking at the second PK and we see him allow Luther to uh, shoot the ball, right, which initially I thought, oh, it may have been because he was the one who took the foul, right? So it's kind of fair, I guess, you know, for the player who took the foul. It's like, are right, you kind of earned yeah. it. You're right there, yeah, right? Exactly. And, and Or maybe he hasn't scored a goal yet, so gave him his first goal. But um, he mentioned something about, Luther's grandfather passing away a couple of months and today or, or yesterday I should say being his birthday and and his feeling that he needed to, to score and you know dedicate that goal to his grandfather and you know just hats off to Roro right for for thinking about his teammate and allowing him to shoot the PK and get the goal like it's it, it's really great and again going back to the whole like team camaraderie there you go, right? I mean, Roro yeah. knows that. Luther told them about that. That I mean, it's it's not always daily, right? That you tell your coworkers about personal matters, and he told right, them that, right. and that that says a lot. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I was I had asked him the question about him, you know, being the mentor now, and how does that feel? And he kind of cracked a little bit of a smile and got very humble really quick, and and you know. Roro in his in his way, he just knows when it's when it's time to not be selfish, and he knows when it's time to you know share the share the wealth, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I I can't appreciate him, you know. It's he, I can't appreciate him enough for answering that question that way because I know Roro is doing a really good job at mentoring. I know that we have a couple of other you know. Uh, what do you call veteran players on our squad mm-hmm. that are doing a really fabulous job with mentoring. Um, and just bringing the whole team together, bringing the whole squad together. So um, very good on that for Roro. And, you know, they even talk a little bit, both Roro and uh, Coach Briggs, I believe, talked a little bit about uh, the goalkeepers, you know, and it was nice to see Mark Briggs say that, you know, they're both excellent keepers and they're both fighting for the position. And it, it was nice to hear the confidence in both keepers. What a problem to have if you're the head coach, <laughs> right? Or you're the goalkeeper coach to have like these stellar, two of the best in the business in USL and you've got them both. So, you know, 
we talked about this early on before the season started when we knew who our keepers were. It's like, oh my God, what a problem we're going to have because we've got these awesome keepers. <laughs> Which is really great, right? And, and I think even, I mean, in the past we've seen it too, right? I remember when Josh was our first goalkeeper and then you had Rafa yeah. as the second. It was like, oh, you got two pretty good goalkeepers there. So it's it's always good yeah. because injuries happen and and all that and yeah we know carlos right now he's dealing with with some things right and that's kind of why he got uh you know he wasn't able to play in that game and we hope he he feels better soon it was great to see that we we have two goalkeepers that's one of the worries we had during off season right it was like okay what goalkeepers are we gonna have because for the longest time we didn't even have a goalkeeper right it was like all right are you yeah. guys gonna renew carlos because uh, yeah <laughs> we need a goalkeeper oh. Yeah, what are we going to get? And then all of a sudden, bink, we do Carlos in the same breath. It's like, oh, my God, we also got Danny V. I was ecstatic. You know, it was like, oh, you know, so good stuff all the way around. Anyhow, that kind of brings us to we have a 2-1 uh, score that we just had. Who's our next opponent, Luis? Time for us to actually look at our predictions for not just one game, but two games, right? Because we have two games upcoming. Uh, with the Open Cup now included. So we play against the uh, under-23 for Timbers on Thursday, Hardhill Park at 7.30 p.m. Open Cup matchup there. Uh, let's sort of start with that one, Sharon. And we also have Jared's prediction here. Um, thank you, Jared, for sending that over to us. So what, what are your predictions? And if you want to mention Jared's as well, please. Sure, absolutely. So Jared for Open Cup gives Portland... Under 23's one goal, but he says that Sacramento has three. So he's a 3-1 uh, in favor of us winning, but he also picked Zico for an open for scoring the first goal for the Republic in the Open Cup game. Okay, a good, good prediction with Zico. I feel like Zico might be actually starting that. Yeah. He'd probably start yeah. a couple of bench players, yeah. I think so. And I've actually got for the Open Cup, because I watched how Portland uh, played against Contra Costa, and Contra Costa was a heavy favorite, and then uh, the under-23s just came and smoked them. So I'm actually going to only give us uh, – what is it? I'm going to give us a 2-0 win. Watch, it'll be like a 5-0 win. But anyhow, <laughs> I'm going to give us – I know. If it is 5-0, remember that was my second guess. First guess is, is – <laughs> <laughs> it's 2-0, but I've got Emil Quayle scoring the first goal. Okay. Time to put my eggs in a basket. <laughs> uh, well, I am actually going to take the risk of saying that it is a high sc- a goal scoring game. I'm going to give us a 4-0. <laughs> and I'm going to say Quayle scores the first one as well. Um, so, okay. yeah, I-, I have high confidence with the team in this one. Hopefully I don't look back and we talk about it next week and like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a really close game, and I'm over sure giving them a four 0 Yeah, well, we'll see, right? Anything. Can I hope it is four zero for for your sake. I'm I'm only gonna <laughs> give them two goals just because I I watched how Portland played, and I think uh, I think they got some tricks up their sleeve, but we'll see. Maybe not. Maybe we'll walk right through them. <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope so because we I want to see a game against the first MLS side, um, not just the uh, youth. <laughs> side but the actual senior mls side imagine playing against the first team for portland right i guess that could happen eventually but yeah. more than likely it'll probably be earthquakes right or lafc again would be nice right i'll plan a last minute trip to la if <laughs> that happens again 
All right. Well, next game uh, for USL. So we're not going to be playing, of course, over the weekend. We have the game on Thursday. Uh, we don't have a game in the USL again until April 16th. And we're going to be visiting Orange County. Game is at 7 p.m. What are your predictions? Well, first, let me tell you what Jared says. He was bold. Jared is bold, but I, I like his I like his thinking. He thinks it's going to be a 0-0 draw in Orange County. Oh. Zero, zero draw, Orange County. But he also says, if we score, mm-hmm. <laughs> which he doesn't have a score line, if we do score, he's thinking it's Jack Gurr. Not a bad choice. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I, I was just going to say, like, hmm. wait, he said zero, zero, but we have a goal scorer. It just kind of came to mind, right, as I, I saw his message. I was like, wait, zero, zero, but first goal scorer? All right. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It didn't make sense, but it is what it is. So and, yeah, you know, it's, it, it's interesting because I had a – Orange County has not been Orange County this year so far, so mm-hmm. I'm only going to give us one goal, and I still think we're going to win away because we need to start winning away games. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm hoping that it's a, it's a 1-0, and I have – oh, I didn't pick a goal scorer. Let's see, we will put all of our eggs in a basket for Orange County, which means we'll start the starters. I keep saying I want Kecko to score. He gets so darn dangerous, but he usually is setting people up at this point. So, gosh, I feel like I'm one of those judges on a show having to eliminate somebody. (laughs) Um, I'm going to actually go out on a freaking limb and say it's going to be Luther. Okay. In Orange County. I think it's going to be Luther's going to score the first goal. Yeah, I have I mean, no idea. I mean, it, it could be, right? We, we scored really late last night, right? So, yeah, you just you never know. Sometimes the guy who comes off the bench is the first <laughs> goal scorer. And he may mm-hmm. not be an off-the-bench player. We did, we have to see how long Dougie's going to be out with a groin. Mm, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So, we have to we'll see, see that, too, because depending how long he's going to be out, this might affect my prediction because i think dougie scores the first goal and i'm with jared i think we also tie but i think it's a one one tie you think it's one one yeah it's i mean going out to orange county i think if we look at historical matches usually there hasn't been that many goals i remember the game i went to one time when we played over there we actually beat them one nil with a really great cameron iwasa goal and last season if we remember right that last minute goal one uh, one, if you recall that. Yes, that, that, oh, that was... was a tearjerker. <laughs> so, yeah, you just never know, and and so I think it's it's going to be a a one one. But I'm with you too. Orange County has not been the championship team that that they were last season, but that's not to say that they can't change that, right? Because that team is always unpredictable, right? They usually have good seasons, but you know, right now, you know, they're sitting in eighth, but they only have three matches played compared to everyone else and they have four yeah. points. So they're not doing too bad, right? One win, one tie, one loss. So they're a bit unpredictable. Yeah. That's how I see them. Okay. All right. So, huh. Maybe they're going to be the Joseph A. Banks team this season with a lot of ties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they could be. Yeah. We'll see what, what happens there. All right. Cool. So we have all of our predictions there. We'll see. See who gets some points. Hopefully someone could get something because, yeah, this game last night, none of us were able to to get a point. So <laughs> hopefully. But in the meantime, 
I'm setting up with two points, and then you and Jared are tied with one point. So close game. We're still close, at least. <laughs> yes, so. we're st- we're yes, our little contest. We're still <laughs> pretty close. Yeah. Um, so taking a look at the standings, I know we haven't really seen them in the past, but now with four games played, you know, now we could see where we're um, stacking up against everyone else. We are in third place with four games played, nine points, uh, three games won, one lost, uh, and just sitting above us, Colorado Springs, San Diego Loyo with 12 points. So, you know, first place is attainable there, considering that San Diego has five matches played, right? One more than we do. So we get another win and we could be right there next to them, uh, sharing that second spot. But you know, we are above teams like San Antonio, Phoenix, who just beat San Antonio yesterday, and again, Orange County, and also our local rivals, right, with Monterey and Oakland. They're, they're down there. I mean, it's it's a bit surprising to see Oakland particularly, right, down there with two points and five games played and no games won yet. So it's... Shocking, it, yeah. though, to see El Paso sitting at the bottom of the table with not a single win. Yeah, that too as well. And four games lost on top of that. Yeah. That that is that that's is not something normal. Else. That's not normal El Paso locomotive behavior. And what's funny is Rob McAllister said to keep an eye on El Paso locomotive because they are them, but he was also the one that said keep an eye on Colorado Springs, that he had great faith in that. He was also mm-hmm. the one that said San Diego Loyal plays kind of were boring. And it's like, uh, but look where they're at. I don't think they're boring at all. And I said in the last podcast and in the live show that what we have is a mini Landon Donovan squad um, with San Diego Loyal. They're just, they don't settle for anything but winning. Yeah. And they they actually they beat El Paso by the way uh, today three uh, two. Oh my! So they also okay. contributed towards El Paso's account. Oh, the demise of El Paso. Yeah. Okay. That's, well, interesting. Which is a bit shocking to me, right? Because in that first game we played against El Paso, they seemed like a good team, right? I mean, I know yeah. we we did a comeback and all that, but throughout the game, I saw a pretty competitive team that. You know, yeah, true, they lost against us, but I thought, oh, yeah, they're just going to come back for the second, third game. They're going to get a win, but, yeah, I'm with you. That is also another shocker to see him there as, uh, you know, next to Oakland, the two teams that have not won a game. Yeah, and so if I were to do an unsolved mystery, it would be, what's with the three bottom dwellers? That just doesn't seem real. Maybe Monterey Bay, you know, they're a new club. But Monterey Bay, Oakland Roots, and El Paso Locomotive all sitting in the bottom three positions. If I was Jared, I'd be saying, that is a USL unsolved mystery. What the heck is going on? Especially (laughs) with El Paso. Now that you mentioned it, I'm going to play the USL unsolved mystery here. Because even though Jared's not on, I I know he'd want to hear his music. Because this this is his theme music, right? Of course. Let me me just go ahead and play Before I get started, you will definitely have put that music in before I said anything and then you'll have me saying what Jared's prediction would have been for the unsolved. I like how we work together. (laughs) It's playing as we speak right now actually. Um, It's it's there. (laughs) Trust me. It's it's right there. Oh, I barely hear it. (laughs) (laughs) If I could give one as well, I would say like, what's going on with Las Vegas? They're sitting in fifth place, nine points, uh, they just beat Charleston Battery away at Charleston, right? I mean, this 
Oh, that's crazy. The team is so, yeah, who something is else. This team? <laughs> yeah, and they play against Colorado Springs in their next USL game at home. So, I don't know. It'd be kind of crazy if we see them pull a win against first place. If they do that, then we have to really keep a close eye on, on Las Vegas. I mean, we should already we, because they're there, but yeah. <laughs> we can't bash on Las Vegas right now because... You know, they're actually playing decently. So we'll see. Everybody has to, over the weekend, your homework assignment is watch <laughs> watch the match Las Vegas versus Colorado Springs because Las Vegas is coming to town at the end of this month. Um, I believe they're coming to town at the end of this month, correct? Yeah, or correct. Is it, it's yeah. April 30th. Or it's, yeah. Uh, at the end of the, well, actually, well, the next home USL game, right? Not kind of open cup. The next home USL game is, yeah, yes. on the 30th over there um, the day you're going to be in europe too right and i'll, I'll be in mexico so we're going to be <laughs> oh my gosh we're going to have remote, remote podcasts i don't know if i'm going to be able to do the live show because that's a time change difference you may have to just handle that one on your own and i'll, I'll preload <laughs> some comments for you some snarkiness I'll, I'll put on the podcast mom snarky comment <laughs> list of comments you'll have to put them in <laughs> load them in yeah, J- Jared might be hosting that one too, by the way. Um, when we do oh, a town hall ah, live, yeah, so you'll have to give him the, the remote controls. No, you can do it from your uh, uh, your phone, that'll be a good one, a, a, a good live show. Or maybe we just take a break that weekend and not do a live. We could always do that, you know, take a break. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that could be as well. So that's why we're not yeah. advertising it right now, even though we kind of yeah. were, but no. <laughs> We'll make the decisions as we as we get closer. Yeah. Anyhow, Luis, it's been a great podcast. Um, we did the unsolved mysteries. You know, we got we got through a little bit of a game analysis. I believe we touched on all the major players of the game, um, and yeah, there you have it. Yeah, uh, all was good. We're really excited to have uh, done this, and I'm just getting ready to uh, make sure I hit the publish button on this show so y'all can be able to hear it soon because. We have a game on Thursday and I want to make sure it's uh, it's up this Monday morning so everyone could listen to it. And we're going to be recording our next one and talking about the Open Cup game. Be on the lookout for that. Um, we still have not decided what time we're going to be recording that ourselves here, but we'll be talking about that game uh, shortly after because we have a basically a full week with no games until the 16th. So enjoy Thursday's game. Make sure you watch it because... We're going to be without the Republic for a weekend. And it's kind of sad when you don't have them for a weekend, but it's probably good because they're going to be playing in the open cup game and it allows yeah. even coach to play some of the starters too. So, And the cool thing about the open cup matches, they're streamed live on YouTube and they have their own channel, which is like, I wish that had happened all along all these other years, <laughs> but technology is really getting easier. Everybody, it's just getting easier to be able to, you know, provide these feeds for games. And also, if anybody from Sac Republic and Fox 40 is listening, we prefer the game being televised on a channel we can actually access. My parents and a lot of my elderly neighbor and friends, they can't get, they don't have a digital antenna and they don't Mm. have cable TV and they don't know how to stream a game. And, Mm. you know, some of them don't even have a smartphone or an iPad or anything Mm. like that. So they're without... A match and so it's just absolutely lovely if fox 40 could just continue to put them games on television old-fashioned tv the way that channel 58 used to do the way that channel 31 you know 
good day Sacramento or those people, whatever that station handle is, you know, just put it on regular TV for the generation that doesn't know how to stream. And I think you make better friends that way. FYI. So yeah, they really should. Right. Because you get more of an audience, right? And plus, what, what's Fox 40 really putting on at 7 p.m., right? Just like a, a rerun of Friends or <laughs> <laughs> what else What else could they really write at that time? Right? Like, you South guys signed Park. up for it. Just, <laughs> just, yeah. just go for it, too. Um, I'd love to say I, I, in something positive for them, maybe for me, because I, I watched the, a full game through the Fox 40 app, was that um, I had no issues, no delays. And considering that, and you know, you'll get a kick out of this, Sharon, too. I was using my data and I was over visiting my grandpa, which he lives on the outskirts of town. And yeah. usually the data for me, you know, the signal is pretty spotty, right? Because you're in the outskirts uh-huh. and all that. No issues at all. It never froze. It ran well. Good quality video. It was it was good. I was like, great. And I appreciate them doing um a Spanish also broadcast as well because you know, my grandpa could understand what was going on and what they were saying. So absolutely appreciate that. They are, they're also serving the Hispanic market with their, uh, you know what, that, that is so cool that you said that because you know how much we've made fun of your phone and your phone plan (laughs) and that you have, (laughs) and that you had no trouble. It was like, oh, well, I'm not going to eat my words quite yet about your phone plan. (laughs) Cricket. Cricket. (laughs) Let's insert some uh, cricket noises. <laughs> but all right. Well, Luis, it's been a wonderful evening, and uh, again, we're still riding pretty high on last night's win, and uh, continue to say prayers for Sacramento and all the families and friends involved with the tragedy. And and thank you for uh, hopping on on the show, Sharon, tonight. And as always, everyone, if you're not following us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube on the socials. Uh, search for at State Republic 12. You can find us there. So please give us a follow and find out when we do live shows and when we do new episodes. Also, shout out to Jessica Link for winning our Science Scarf Contest. Uh, and we also really appreciate everyone who participated in that. And be on the lookout for our socials because we will be doing more giveaways Uh as the months go by. So uh, I won't be the only one this season. We're going to have a lot more. So be on the lookout for that. With that said, everyone, have a great night. And we'll see you next week here on State of the Republic podcast. Good night. Bye, Luis. Uh, I think it was Scott McAllister who actually said that we still need to keep an eye on El Paso for oh, this sorry. season. R- Rob McAllister? Or... I think uh, Sorry. Yeah, oh. Rob... <laughs> I'm getting all my guys mixed up. I paused it, but then I forgot what what we said before. So I'm just going to do a bunch of editing and it's just going to be all over the place. And and I'm going to put this at the end of the show. So there you go, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) 